through a fucking thorn bush in my underpants. It's my fault, <laughs> really. You're welcome for that image, by the way. You uh, prancing through a, 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 a bunch of brambles in your underpants? Mm-hmm. That'll be the next ritual that you and I do. Come, oh, come spring, we'll do we'll do a brambles. I'm pretty sure you legally have to do that activity in tidy whities. There is no, no this, there's no boxer briefs. I gotta mm. go buy some tidy whities. Yeah, I'll pick up a pack I too. More tidy whities in thirty years. But when I first mentioned me going through a bramble bush in my underpants, I imagined myself wearing tidy whities. That was immediately where I went to. I was like, yeah. I was like, tidy whities is what you do that in. If you're yeah. if you're running through a field in brambles, you're almost certainly in tidy whities. <laughs> Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut, drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut. Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks, and come and listen in. We're measuring flicks. What time is it? 9 p.m. That can't be right. The sky is blue. This is what 9 p.m. is like here. <laughs> Welcome and happy midsummer. Unbelievable. <laughs> Let our feast commence. It's like they're trying to make it gross. What are they playing? Skin the fool. Skin the fool. So we're just going to ignore the bed. It's a bear. Dude, of all the things to let me sleep through. That sounds fun. After Mark pisses on the ancestral tree, which is its own thing, you know, it's mm-hmm. it kind of shows the first crack in the facade of the cult because that one dude is legit pissed. Uh, he's taking his head off like right now. Yeah, and we don't. Like, we don't see them get mad a bunch, you know. Oh, you're outsiders. You need to just learn our ways. But when he pisses on the ancestral tree, man, it's like, it's go time. Like everyone's gearing up, yep. and you realize, I mean, the other stupid wall horrifying doesn't make them feel dangerous. It doesn't. This because makes, they were under their own control. Everyone's right. calm about it. Him, this dude freaking out about the ancestral tree. And then a little bit later when he's like, absolutely, you cannot take pictures of this, slams the book. These are little flashes of like, this might be a dangerous Mm. situation we find ourselves in here. Um, One of my favorite moments is hearing everybody hearing the scream. Um, So there's there's some other groups here. Uh, There's a couple who's engaged. The husband's gone or the the fiance, the male fiance has gone missing. We're going to see him later in a shed Mm -hmm. with his lungs pulled out his back. But they they feed the girl uh, a line of bullshit like, oh, yeah, he went in a truck and watching that dude improving his way through the lie. Well, why didn't they just ride in the back? Well, we don't we don't dis- disobey traffic laws, you know, like, yeah, making up the excuse. There's there's no fucking truck. What truck? What are you talking about? Nobody left. We've never seen, we never saw a truck. We never a do. We ne- no. there's no truck here, bro. We did. We walked in. If we had a truck, why wouldn't remember they just- that? Yeah, remember through the woods where there wasn't a path for you to fucking drive. Down right, remember how all, yeah the cars are a long way away from here. Like, what are you talking about the truck? Anyway, um, I, what did you think of this thing where we see this same section of time shown several times from several different perspectives? 
this really violates the flow of time in this movie because we're go- we're seeing a loop over and over again. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that the first time actually that that's what was happening. Oh, okay. Because it's so because it's so well constructed. I just I just it just made sense that I was seeing um like a reaction to a situation in in certain chunks. Right? Right, right, like, right, yeah. But it didn't seem strange to me, I guess. It to me it it felt akin to it was like the filmmaking technique equivalent of showing us the tapestry in reverse. Oh, but, I see, yeah. But having the tapestry be in the proper order in reverse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yes. it's like when when I when you see the scream and Danny's Danny's in the kitchen where someone's cooking up a a, a big a old pew burger. pew burger, yeah. <laughs> when Danny looks up and turns, you're like, oh wow, she heard a scream. And then Mark is like out by the he's out by like the sacred tent, and there's that chick who's been kind of like sweet on him this whole time. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh damn, look at her. Oh, she's looking at me. Look away. Oh, there she is again. Yeah, yeah. And then you hear the scream again. And Mark turns to look, and we watch him tracking somebody with his eyes. And later on, he has a line. Yeah, I saw her. She was trying to win the 100-yard dash. She was running away from someone who was going to kill her. And Mark watched her running, and he heard the scream but didn't make the connection. And then you see it from a couple other angles. Yeah. Um, But I, I like that because it's another technique it's just one more technique, like breaking the fourth wall and yep. showing things in reverse, that creates a sense of unreality, of surreality. You're not, you, you are never able to really put your feet on what the rules are. You know, there's, there's no world under you. Like, wait, we're, we're watching this. Okay. Well, and lives because all, and it's all discovery too. We're, we're kept in the dark because we don't know what the fuck is going on. We get shown one piece at a time. Yeah. You know? Right, right. And the the pieces are kept just segregated <laughs> enough. And slightly out of order. And well not in the filming and the showing of it, but it's right. like it's like you're getting pieces of one jigsaw puzzle, but somebody colored in shit on the other side of the pieces and you gotta figure out which one is which and fuck. So you have a jigsaw puzzle and the 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 image that on the box that you're trying to build is a beautiful idyllic village in Sweden. Mm-hmm. But then you start noticing there's weird lines on the back. Yeah, exactly. It's so a- you're, you're like, oh, I'll finish the front design and then I'll see what the secret pattern is. Exactly. Once you finish that front design and you carefully flip that fucker over, it's your boyfriend sewn up in a bear on fire and you're like, oh my God. What by Sutter Kane. <laughs> You know, yeah, it is. It's literally you're like it's the the jigsaw puzzle opens up and sucks you into an alternate dimension. You're like, ah, shoulda, shoulda just played video games like oh, a normal person. Ah, <laughs> ah. Um, that was a, that was a callback to episode one. Yeah, measure. <laughs> it was. We're we're closing the circle, Carl. All right, we're and now that we've closed the circle, we're gonna tell you a little bit about our cult. You can head on over to Patreon.com. Um. So what did you think of drinking drinking the tea for the maypole? So we I'm I'm kind of one to skip a few in cuz I know we okay. talked about Mark eating pubes. We talked about Mark eating weird uh menstrual blood tea. Yeah. So I kind of want to get us into this the closing third which is insane. And it yeah. starts with that maypole dance. Um it's Dan- my favorite part of the movie, dude. I love it. I don't know. It's just so 
Yeah, the maypole dance is amazing. Dan- it's Danny coming into her fucking own. They're speaking Swedish. You're speaking. It's oh, I can understand you. Yeah, like that stuff is amazing. I love the little bit of the drinking of the tea. Like, oh, it's a special tea for the the maypole. Mm-hmm. When she pours for you, look her in her eye, and uh, they they drink the tea. Uh, Danny has been segregated away from the the rest of her group, and she's been put with the women. Because she's the only girl who came along All the dudes are just like hanging out Doing whatever mostly getting killed Except for yeah. except for Christian Christian's whole gig right now is like They're trying to get him to f- fuck One particular village girl We need one seed Right and Danny she, When she does she, So she's like she's baking the pies She's picking the flowers backwards Christian even has a line earlier on like oh, I picked did you pick these for me yeah oh did you pick them backwards yes I did so she's doing all the stuff that the girls are doing and when they take that drink I love I love that uh she's kind of teamed up with one girl who's helping her yep. through this and, it's like her it's her life coach essentially yeah, it's the, like, like it's her buddy in the buddy system like yep. oh here's how you do this and here's how you do this and they take that drink of tea and the girl goes oh here we go and like gives Danny a big hug and then you get jealous because they're they're neither of them have masks on and they're like two feet away from each other and like they're breathing in each other's each other faces. No one's yeah. got hand sanitizer. <laughs> um, but I think this is really interesting. The runes on Danny's dress during the Maypole are identical to the runes on the birthday portrait that Pele uh, drew for her, including the reversal and the flipped sideways rune. That mm-hmm. might actually be her like personal. I think that's her thing. Rune yeah, that's her, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, I I loved the cut from concentric maypole dancing to the bear engulfed in flame. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So remember the room where they have all the drawings on the walls and stuff? Mm-hmm. So we cut, they start, the maypole dance, for those of you who don't know, is basically concentric circles of girls with their arms linked, spinning in opposite directions. And it gets more complex as the maypole dance goes on. And in this particular iteration of it, the May Queen is the last girl standing. Because they're all fucked up on drugs and they're getting dizzy as hell. And they're getting passed the fuck out. (laughs) Right, yeah, throwing up on each other and shit. So as long as you can stay on your feet longest, you're the May Queen. Um, I love the cuts back and forth from the the maypole dances to other stuff. One of the things we see is um, we cut from that that those spinning concentric circles to an image of a bear engulfed in flames in that room full of like super intricate uh, ink work where Christian is Christian waiting, sitting, staring at that picture of his future. Yeah, that that dude like you're not even. That's not even hyperbole. Christian is staring at what's going to happen to him in a couple hours. Yep. That happens today. They don't go to sleep once, again. Yeah. Once they once they drain his balls, they're going to light him on fire inside a bear. I <laughs> oh mean. All right. So, like, we got to ask. What do you think, Carl? Worth it? I mean, she's pretty hot. <laughs> I, I was for just for, like, the just a huge group of people just all moaning on your behalf yeah he's so fucking strange right oh okay i'm getting weird eye contact from an older member yeah like the i like it she's pushing my hips in i like when she just like kneels down and like raises his chin to like look him straight in the eye she's just like moaning right at him i'll tell you right now i i know they give him like that potion to make him more virile and stuff but if i had 25 people all moaning at me and like some old ladies touching my face like 
hey, how's the fucking going? I'd be like, ah, hey, listen, uh, I'm gonna be real. I get, give me this, ha- you know, uh, I must be tired or had some wine and I just, I don't know. Oof. I can't, can't quite. It happens, you know, I guess it happens to, from time to time. Like, that's <laughs> mad props to Christian for keeping his shit together for a little I'm, while. I'm impressed. Seriously. I'm impressed, you know? Like, he really rose to the occasion. Even with a dick full of go juice, man. I don't know if I can. Dick full of go juice, the new uh, <laughs> Suede Rainbow album. <laughs> It's our yellow submarine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, look, the other ones are great. Um, the other ones are great. This is... You know, everyone you gets... Revolution, you got fucking Sgt. Peppers, and you got fucking this piece of you shit. You got a dick full of go juice. You're letting Ringo write songs now? What the fuck? Who gave him a pen? Who? We talked Who? about this. Paul, I know it was you, John. Paul, you gave him a pen. Well, he's got a lot to express himself, don't he? <laughs> no. No. We... We had a band meeting the other day. Ringo's like, oh, I wasn't there. That's right, Ringo. No, you you weren't, weren't there. Fucking John. <laughs> We're breaking up. It had nothing to do with Yoko. They're like, nothing to do with Yoko. It's like, John gave Ringo a pen. He went, yeah, when we have, of course we had to break up. He wanted to give Ringo creative control of an album. We can't turn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Octopus's Garden's kind of fun. But that's other than, other than that. I don't know. I don't think. Do you like Yellow Submarine as a song? No, I think it's fucking horrible. <laughs> it's one of my it's one of my least favorite songs. Just you're like out. you're like a deadpan like you, there was not a moment of doubt in your like charcoal black soul. Didn't even have to think about yeah, it. Yeah, you're like no, no, uh-uh. nope, that's a bad one. Yeah, that, that song garbage. Shitty. <laughs> It's like the song that your parents make you sing when you're at your cousin's house and you're like supposed to have a good time. Right. They put the the like the the read along book mm-hmm. forty five vinyl yep. on the shitty kids record it's player. Nineties like kids pop or whatever, and you gotta listen to Green Day, but it's a bunch of kids singing it. Yeah, kids pop did kind of suck, didn't it? it took it's everything took everything yeah, they... you liked about those songs and then you made it bad. You took yeah. all the good stuff out of the songs. You don't need to do that with Yellow Submarine. It starts there. That's true. I wonder if Kids Bop would improve it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not mm. important. So, there's like, there's four things that happen from the time. What do you think, from the time that uh, Christian sits down across from the really hardcore, like, Mother Superior character to the end of the movie, there's like four huge wave crests for me. I love how close those chairs are set together and how she forces him to get within like five inches of her face to sit down. Yeah. His face is in her face when he sits down. I thought they were going to go for a minute. He like scooches. He like sideways sidles in. He like crab walks into his chair because their knees are like almost brushing. It's like the fronts of the chairs are pretty much touching each other. Do you remember we've talked in the past about the uh, how sometimes acting exercises will just pop into movies because they yes. are of themselves kind of interesting. I think the most famous example I can think of is Goodwill Hunting when they do the Meisner line work at each other. You know, it's it's not your fault. It's not your, it's fault. Not your yeah. fault. That's an acting exercise. I think th- I think I did something like this in college where they were saying like where we were learning that the physical distance between two performers can be a performance in itself. How do you tell a story just by 
the relationship in space of your two bodies, depending on how close you are, are you facing each other, etc. It's the elevator trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is this is an extreme version of that because, especially in the Western world, you don't ever get that close to somebody. Unless, like, you just had dinner and, like, Tinder was working for you and, like, you know, or you're married to him. Yep. Or, like, this is not a distance that people are from each other very often. And they don't say anything. And how much goddamn tension is in that moment? And it's just two people standing in a room. That's it. That's all that's making you, like, oh, I'm going to throw uh, up. I can't even, uh, my balls are sweating. What's going on? I hate yep. this. You know, like, that's all it is, is two people standing close to each other. I love that. So uncomfortable. <laughs> and also, it has one of my favorite lines in this whole movie, which, little pressure valve, a tiny pressure valve in the flick. Um, what do you think of Marsha? name's not Marsha, but you know that, no. you know who I mean. The, the girl, she's a Brady. <laughs> she's clear, pretty clearly a Brady. Um, so she's like, what do you think of Marsha? And Christian looks down, and we do this great shot where he like looks right up into our face. And he goes... I think I ate one of her pubic hairs. <laughs> and the mother superior goes, sounds probably right. right. Yep. <laughs> Fucking brilliant, man. <laughs> it's become such, not a normal thing. It's like, <laughs> what a strange thing for someone to say. I think I ate one of her pubic hairs. Sounds and probably then to have, right. Sounds probably right, <laughs> but it's not, there's no shock and awe right. for either of them. Right, and like that is... This is the indicator that we are at a late stage in this game where yep. they're not even hiding shit anymore. Well, it, well yeah, as a person that, like, I'm th- pretty sure I ate one of, pretty sure I ate one of her pubes. And they're like, so, yeah. Yeah, yep. I mean, you probably uh, did. You probably did. That's crazy, right? What a, what? That's, yeah, yeah. crazy. Woo. What, was it good? <laughs> What'd you think of it? You know, like, <laughs> like when you're at that point. There's plenty more where that came from. <laughs> Did you like it? She barely used like a quarter of the pubic hair she has. Like, <laughs> she has so much pubic hair. Do you know, and we got lots of women. You could, it, I'll tell you what, you fuck her, you could be eating pubic hair for months. <laughs> you know, like, I know. It's just. I God might. Eh, eh. I, it always just gets stuck right. You can't, not enough water, nothing. You nothing. can't do anything There's about it. There's nothing they can do. It becomes a second uvula for like <laughs> half a day. Oh, that's fucking that's heinous bro just walk around the house going <laughs> and you're trying to you're trying to like get different parts of your throat so you're going like they have you like, it's like Del Griffith trying to trying to clear his sinuses up <laughs> Danny's like Christian what are you doing He's like if I don't get this pubic hair Out of my throat I'm gonna be snoring all night Neil you might want to take my underwear Out of the sink (laughs) if you're gonna brush your teeth Stay stay tuned Listeners for coming up Shortly uh, planes trains and Automobiles Recording that Thanksgiving morning. Thanksgiving morning. It is. I'm, I was, for one second, I was like, oh, but that's a holiday. And then I was like, it's 2020. There's no such thing as holidays. No. <laughs> and it's it's totally thematically appropriate. I was I liked that suggestion. That was cool. Um. Okay. So, um. oh, the, may, the maypole, the, f- the flying around and shit. That technique, dancing to collapsing exhaustion, like, like utter and complete spent you fall down you collapse that's a very 
old occult technique used to um, induce trance states. It's used in various forms of uh, sigil magic, which is interesting because runes are a form of sigil. So what you have here is a bunch of girls dressed in sigils spinning around until they collapse as part of a ritual. We talked about this when we did Hereditary. I think Ari Aster is, like you said earlier, like he's probably done some drugs and that's how he's able to really replicate the, the subtleties rather than the mm. overt broad strokes of a drug Which trip. Which is what we normally see. We yeah. Nor- yeah, you normally get the, the Jackson Pollock drug trip. Here we're getting a little more Van Gogh, which Bird would hate that analogy. But he, uh, we're getting a, uh, yeah, it's actually a bad one because he's an impressionist. Yeah. We're, getting, uh, we're getting like the delicate lines of an Alphonse Mucha or Aubrey Beardsley. This is, he's, he's getting the subtleties of a drug trip. Like he understands the subtleties of which of witchcraft of magic of the occult he understands the occult in a way that i have seldom not never but seldom seen in films you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i've been real farty i'm sure you can see it didn't i can but the listeners can't i'm covering oh. for you every time God damn it! <laughs> what's wrong with me i know i have vamped through every fart so far man and now you're just gonna <laughs> right in the tail end you're like Oh yeah, by the way. <laughs> this whole fucking way, time. Listen, all over. Anytime you hear a pause in Max's voice and then a little chuckle <laughs> as he vamps, I'm just shitting myself over <laughs> <laughs> I like when you pull the curtain back for no reason. It's my favorite. Um gotta let people in, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, listen, you yeah, look, man, you're they're all in a living room with us right now. We're all Absolutely. chatting about this. They just don't get to talk. Right. I mean, Connor gets to talk, but he'll talk as soon as this drops, and he'll be like, "Well, you forgot, and you didn't yeah, talk oh about." Oh my god! Seriously. <laughs> Which is good, Connor. That's not no, a criticism. We love that about you, dude, because it makes us better, so we can be better for you. Um, so Danny, Danny wins. Danny wins the Maypole ride. <clears throat> after, I can't remember. Does she, he doesn't go fuck until after the weird dinner? Where right? Right, it's after the dinner because they're both fucked up. Because he he drinks a little bit of the go juice or the the same. He he drinks some like maple juice. That what yeah. it's the tea that she's drinking, I think. Because the the hammer hamburg- is slightly different because either that or he can't fucking handle it as well because he's going on a whole different ride than she is. They're both pretty fucked up though. I th- and well here wait here's another thing by the way. Remember earlier I was talking about lack of sleep and lack of food. A third cult tactic is uh, repeated, continuous administration of psychoactive substances because it degrades your ability to determine reality oh from unreality. You don't have to do that for very long. No. Either. I mean, um, you, get some, you get some good herb in you, and you're like, Wait, time cop is based on actual events. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Bert. I don't know if you've seen this documentary, <laughs> Chud. It's pretty fucked up. <laughs> she's like, ah, oh, God, okay. Well, oh here, uh, I brought you some coffee. I'm like, no, coffee hides me from the truth. <laughs> but no, like that's this is a tactic. This is a cult Absolutely. tactic, which is like, um, with the Manson family, it was famously LSD. They were all always on LSD or mushrooms, always. When you are constantly high on something that crazy, oh, the, our barriers are not even there to be broken down anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah, non-existent. And imagine if you've been doing this and not sleeping. You know, it's really kind of haunting. No sleep, physical torture, which we've seen. No sleep, physical torture, underfeeding, and administration of psychoactive chemicals to keep people debased and decentralize their ego and personality. Does that sound familiar to you? <clears throat> we talked a little bit about it on another show recently. 
Those are U.S. government tactics utilized mm-hmm. by the CIA in Project MK Ultra on yep. children. <laughs> anyway, not to, yeah, cool. not to dig us down into that weird rabbit hole, but that's that cult thing, man. These are known quantities. These uh, these ways of psychological manipulation. These exist, and I think it's really I think it's cool, Carl. In a, I think it's cool that you and I and Bird. I don't know about Danielle. I didn't ask her, but like the three of us, the first time we watched this. We got a little suckered in. Oh yeah, she did too. And yep, then very much. by the second or third time you start to see the seams, even knowing all the shit about that I know about cults, you still it got me, man. It yep. still gets you a bit. I fucking love that. He's smart. He's a smart ass director. <laughs> um, so let's talk about his subtle drug trip thing here, because when Danny's they're they're making their way and she's the May Queen, everyone rushes over. And it's that moment that we heard about, right? Have you ever felt held? You know, everyone's hugging her. And I think it's important that she never smiles except for once. But, you know, we, we see as people are coming over like, you did it. Oh, you, oh, you're the May Queen. As they're approaching, their faces are doing this like. Like, like the flower that's on her dress yeah. that's subtly. Breathing almost it, like. it like pulses almost the, Yeah the, the flower Is it one of the It's like one of the flowers It's draped in, off of her Headdress It's either I think. the headdress Or it's like a Like a lay sort of thing But yeah One of the dresses One of the flowers On her headdress When Pele kisses her It pulses And it's I mean it, Look it's a It's a pulsing It's a pulsing Dewy flower We're not We're yeah. not dealing with like Buried symbolism here It's very sexual but one of the things I love about this is it, it's that thing I mentioned earlier. You're watching it and you see these visual distortions happening, but they're so subtle that you're not sure if you actually saw them. Yeah. You're like until the th- third or fourth time. And then you're like, no, I did see it because, oh, OK, OK, right. OK. Yeah. Well, it's constantly reeling you into its madness. It totally. Yes. Yes. I love that. Reels. It reels you in because you see something that's a little distorted and you look at it, but that person's now left the frame. Oh, well, here's another one. And you l- try to look at them, but they're, it's quick. It's like, oh, you're the May Queen. Boop, they're gone. Right? So you keep, you're, you're looking for disturbances. And before you realize it, you're staring intently at the screen. And then you realize you're surrounded by disturbances. Right. You're, you keep looking. Well, for- you've been trying to find all of them. You suddenly realize, oh, it's the whole screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In it. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're deep in it too. You're like you've waded yeah. into the group with them. Yeah, that's like that's like the good weed that sneaks up on you. Like, man, this stuff's horrible. I don't understand why my eyes are Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works. Yeah. It's always after at like the four or five minute mark after you've smoked too, where you're like, yep. you're like five minutes in, you're like, oh, okay, so this is. This one's pretty mellow, whatever. And then you sit down, you grab your Punisher comic, you open the yep. covers, and you're like, I'm fucking lit up. What happened? <laughs> what happened in the last 10 seconds? Because it usually goes from like you're vaguely disappointed, thinking yep. about smoking a little more, to like, I I, I, I don't know if I can read. I might have fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but this is that, but a movie. You yeah, know? Exactly. You're like, oh, yeah, I can hang. I can hang. We're good. This I, is pretty decent. I oh, I I'm hang. so screwed. Yeah, there's a moment where you're like, I, you're buckled in. You're like, yep. I, I cannot, I can't get out. I'm not going to stop watching. Obviously, I'm utterly compelled. But you realize, you're like, I fucked up. I'm trapped. Yep. I'm yep. trapped in this film. It's amazing, man. Um, so they, they go and sit down at that long table. 
and you see Danny start to I love by the way that Christian comes out of the, the meeting a little bit like too late to really be part of it so they all like march away from him and leave him standing alone high out of his mind alone by the maypole and then you see Danny I think you said that you mentioned her coming into her own with the maypole I think that's I think you're right I think that's totally super spot on because when she sits at the head of that really long feasting table she makes them stand longer than they have to to see if they will truly follow her to see if she is really truly in control and when she sees that they're not sitting down and she sits down and they all go with her you know she's you can see the beginnings of like oh mm-hmm. i i have power and agency so things she hasn't had this entire movie including in the cult when they're like oh you're gonna go be with the women she doesn't have a choice in that no nope, you're, you're gonna, gonna go help make the pies and shit right yeah. and and in a weird way, Danny's seduction into this cult mirrors our own because we have no agency either. This is a film. We're not we're participants only in how we interpret these events. Exactly. We're, but we are on tracks. We're on train tracks here. And uh, when she sits down and starts to feel like, oh, I'm the queen. I have power and agency only because the rest of them are allowing you to right now. You haven't up until this moment. And think about what it's cost you. All of her friends are gone. She hasn't she hasn't once asked about where's Mark. Hey, what happened to Mark? Oh, what happened to Chris? Or what or what happened to you know, all my other friends? Oh yeah, there were some tourists. Where did they get to? At this point, she's so drugged up and so sucked into the spinning maypole. Now she has a little bit of power. She feels important. Yeah, they don't exist anymore in her mind. Because she's 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 cognitively shifting into the cult. Mhm. And the when you watch this movie a bunch of times, which I'm telling you, we'll pay you back for I'm doing on, so. I'm on watch number three. I've watched it three. You've watched it three. I fourth has to be director's cut because I can't. I yeah, I'm I'm after the director's cut as well at this point. I've watched it um five times. I, I like I told you though, I watched it twice in a day. So like I, I that's how I got my numbers up. But yeah, I watched it. I watched it five times. I will definitely watch the director's cut. It's like an hour longer. But um. What do you think of them fucking with her a little bit with like the smelt? I think that's part of the whole ritual. I don't think they're fucking with her. I think it's part of the whole thing. Oh, you have to eat the whole fish. Oh, you can't eat the whole fish. I think that's just part of the part of the thing. If it had been one of their own, it had been any other, that would have been part of the whole thing. It's like, oh, we got the smelt thing. Oh, you can't eat it. Like it's I don't think it's so much them fucking with her. I think it's it might be a herring, but yeah. Like, it's like a herring, yeah. She's got to go cut down the mightiest tree in the woods <laughs> with it. With a herring. And then make a hedgerow. But, but Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's like there's a UP thing. that. Well, I mean, I don't, it's probably all over. But in the UP, when you catch your first smelt, you have to bite the head off while it's yeah. alive. Like, that's just I think the, it's just part of the thing, and it just seems so strange to us because it's so strange to her because she's never witnessed another May Queen celebration. I think you're right. Yeah, uh, that that this is like just part, they're not fucking with her. That this is really part of the ritual, and yeah. and in a way, I kind of like it because it this is a this is very much a cult of family, a cult of of um, equal power. Air quotes, hardcore air right. quotes. Yeah. But like this is one. This isn't like there's a king. There's no central authority really, unless that's unless that central authority is a holy book written by a profoundly disabled person who was born from intentional incest which is how they 
make their Take control of yeah because well, the elders are the ones that interpret translate right which just means they're writing it yeah so. yeah he he draws his drawings and we interpret them and then you look at the drawings and you're like oh uh, what the fuck does any of this it's it, well you well when you see the drawings you realize that oh oh okay yeah all right so yeah it's full of shit what's crazy <laughs> is the first time i saw this movie the first two times i saw this movie i thought that that dude was being was in earnest that they actually sat down and they're like, let us interpret what this means. Oh, this line could because I was still I was still buying it, you know, being wooed. Yeah. Yeah. You're still wooed a little. You're like, OK, so you look at these abstract things and you try and interpret them in a way that makes sense to your culture. I see. Interesting. Totally not true. Just no. fucking the reason you keep an, an, an inbred, highly um, mentally challenged person, your Oracle. Oracle yeah. is because they can't argue with you when you have an incorrect translation. Can't even talk. Can't even talk. So they can't tell They're you. They're just drawing pictures in a book. That's right. They can't tell yeah. you what they mean. But these priests can tell you what they mean. In a weird fucked up way, that or that intentionally incestuous. Yeah, I know. You know where I'm going. Yeah, I can see yep. it in your eyes. That intentionally incestuous, mentally challenged oracle that they have made and that's how they make oracles so they are all this way intentional products of incest with profound disabilities that is essentially what how the west views god basically he can't talk directly to you he works in mysterious ways and then priests translate that and tell you the layperson what the what that means what that divinity is yeah what the divinity is trying to express that's a that's a pretty dark thing to look have to it look is. at you know well even when you look at i mean not to go too far down this rabbit hole you look at the original um uh, languages that like that like chapters in the bible were written and how they're translated into english in the oxford bible there right. are some there are some liberties taken in the translation of some of those original many of those original passages yeah 100 percent. in fact most a lot of it was just somebody's best guess at what they think that meant one of the I, I'm uh, I'm uh, for listeners as Carl talks, I'm going to try and find a podcast. I just listened to a podcast that has to do with um, biblical translation and how it has probably been kind of mistranslated or mistakenly yeah, translated. Well, it, 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 it's come to the surface a little bit before me now because I'm studying a second language and realizing how like certain phrases in Japanese that only exist in in the form of 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 Japanese there's no direct translation for say like I'm going to leave the house but I intend on coming back right is a phrase but when we translate it like sayonara we're saying that actually means goodbye like forever and essentially it's like I am leaving possibly never to return again there's a different phrase for I'm leaving this particular house right with an intent to return to this particular house yeah, at yeah. some point yeah, sayonara but, is like what you say when people are going on like voyages. Like leaving, like right. It's like <laughs> sayonara. Right, like it's a like t- that's that like holy it's fuck, I might de- never see you again. <laughs> right, but right. But we translate that as to goodbye, bye now, sayonara, sayonara, like, Sa- sayonara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sayonara. like I thought it was really interesting. I I see what you're saying though. Yes, yeah, like studying Japanese. There are certain things that are untranslatable. For example, right. there's a French word that's untranslatable I use all the time, which is um, uh, jouissance. So jouissance has no like direct English translation. The closest you can get 
is uh, you know the French term je ne sais quoi that's sort of like in, uh, indefinable quality that makes something etc so it makes ju- a je ne sais quoi yeah, yeah. so uh, jouissance is a sort of so if I was reading a poem and it had it had a certain jouissance to it there's a, a quality that makes it intensely almost and perhaps sexually pleasurable just in its aesthetic value of there's a there's a quality about it that creates such a deep sense of pleasure in me that it's borderline sexual and the french have a word for that for when you encounter art that does that to you it's jouissance but there's no real like there's no word in english that means that yeah um okay so the podcast is joe rogan experience number 1543 brian murarescu and graham hancock um it's basically this dude has gone back and and re-examined ancient religious texts and looked at historical or um not historical but archaeological finds that are happening now and used those that archaeology to reinforce some newer translations of old biblical texts it is fascinating dude this is okay so along the same lines you need to watch I don't know what the YouTuber is, but he will take like recipes for like a chocolate cake and he'll take that recipe for chocolate cake and put it through Google Translate into, say, Japanese. Okay. And then he'll have. So now it's been translated from English chocolate cake recipe to Japanese chocolate cake recipe. Then he'll have Google Translate retranslate the Japanese chocolate cake recipe Uh back into English again. Okay. And makes the cake based on that translation in this fucking place place hot pan in water bowl like just like weird <laughs> shit but that but it is that's funny it's a funny thing and it's like you watch sure. this video you start to laugh but then you think that's just one degree of translation english to japanese and then japanese back to english and right. now you're trying to make a chocolate cake with frozen peas right or whatever right. <laughs> You know, like we're taking a whole religious text that started in a dead language that have been translated from that language into Latin, into Italian, into French, and then into English or wherever the fuck. Right, right. It goes from a dead language, Aramaic, into a second dead language, Latin. Um, yeah. It, you've got well, actually before Latin, you've got Hebrew. Right. So it goes from Aramaic to Hebrew to Latin, and then you go from Latin to English. You're basically trying to translate a language that no one even speaks anymore at all. Like Aramaic yeah. is almost, I think it's fully extinct. So you're trying to translate that into modern English. That's rad. You're like we're trying to make a chocolate cake with sandpaper. Is what I'm trying I mean, to say. yeah. It's like you're like you look at your chocolate cake recipe, and it's not even a recipe. It's just like a book by Dostoevsky. Yeah, exactly. you know, like, <laughs> um. So, all right. So we get her eating the. Sorry, I, we went down a rabbit hole, but it's a good no, one. It's cool though, but it's it's it it all it folds into this fucking pastry. It's yeah, yeah, incredibly delicious. See there, baking is an art and a craft. Is both an art and a craft. The way that Ari Aster, as a filmmaker, is both an artist and a craftsman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whew, thanks for saving <laughs> us with that. You're welcome. <laughs> that segue got us right back. Uh, <laughs> um. One of the things in this movie that always gets me every time I see it is the clap when Christian's at, he like everyone's being Oof. yeah he like turns to ask the dude next to him he's like what was oh, fucked was, up what's what, going on what fucked up what's going on and the dude just doesn't even say anything he just turns and 
He's that asshole at the high school party you went to. You're high for like the third time. You're like, dude, am I going to be okay? And they do shit like that to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. This is the equivalent of like, if you, if you run into someone who's super, super high and you just say the same sentence at them over and over again, regardless of how they respond, that will, that will fuck them up. (laughs) So this is that you clap in someone's face when they're like, ripped on mushrooms or whatever tea they're drinking you know he's on ayahuasca and this dude just like claps in your face and then turns away you're in nope. for a, you're in for a, several hours of bad time here trouble just happened right here in river city so <laughs> right here in river city um so she gets up and goes off to do her more of her like may queen duties and there's this great moment where she leaves, you know, oh, can I can can Christian come with me? No, he nope, cannot. He's got another thing to so, do. So do 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 off they go. And then the whole table like they all turn to look at Christian. There's isn't there like someone's making like a, like a flower petal road off to yep, the Yep, they're making room? they're making a rose petal road for him to go fuck <laughs> The rose the rose petal the rose petal path to fucking and he's like, he's just, you can see him give in. He's like, I have no options. I have no, no choice. No, well, he f- physically and mentally doesn't. He's cooked. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's totally, totally fried. They get, they get him to the thing. They give him some go juice for his dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a dick full of go juice. Yes. And then he walks into basically like a, like a, I don't know. It's like a church with no pews. It feels like a church to me because there is a raised space at the front where Isn't all... Isn't it the space where the sacred text is normally kept? I, that is where it is, isn't it? But yeah. the but the little... um The little... um The lectern is gone with the yep. book. That's... And yes. It's, she is now in the place of the lectern. You're right. And she's... Yeah. So she... The girl who fed him her, her pubes and menstrual blood is just chilling. What a fucking weird movie. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I hear the words being said. I'm like, I know. Weird. It's like sentences I never thought I would it's like utter. Danielle listening to me play a multiplayer game on PlayStation when she only hears my side of the conversation. <laughs> go to boat. Boat is down. Go to go to. <laughs> Snip. What are the words? Boat. What are the words just saying make any sense? Boat nine forty five. Boat nine forty five. Yeah. Under boat. Under boat. Under boat. Left room. <laughs> Left room five. It's just like. Carl, you need to. You gotta stop. Yeah. (laughs) Um, he's got a dick full of goat juice after he ate her pubes and menstrual blood. Yeah, you know, like like you do when you're like you do, surrounded by naked women. Right. Right. Again, uh, mad applause to Ari Aster for using natural bodies Mm -hmm. because it it creates a different effect when you see a lot of Hollywood nudity. Nudity. Yeah. Nudity kind of doesn't mean anything, you know. When you see real nudity, which this is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not talking about people being actually nude and not having like a modesty sleeve or whatever. I'm talking about when norm when you see naked normal people, that creates a really distinct effect. It's the same. It's the same effect, I think, as standing too close to someone. Yeah, because it's something that you shouldn't happen in the the western society that we're living in. Our culture has not prepared us for standing a naked body. A naked yeah. body. Yeah, I know. Like we're we're utterly puritanical. Utter, oh, like very much utterly so. and completely. If these were if these are perfectly chi- heavy air quote perfectly chiseled right. like stony uh, like supermodels and shit, 
it would become like this whole other different thing. It become it. Caligula. Be like, oh, yeah. What? It, I said it become the film Caligula. It become Calig- yeah, and it's just like it becomes a fapping scene or something. And this is like just is real people and real bodies. And it, yeah, you're right. It has this whole other. There's a thing that we're not. I would I would be prepared to see, like, the. A the room? porn scene right, of right. naked it, women, Hollywood in bodies, a, in or whatever. A, isn't that strange though that we should that we that our brains that that we as a culture we if we see a room full of naked I'm gonna say just naked porn stars right like right. they they all kind of look the same they're all between 115 and 120. Five pounds or 130 pounds or whatever unrealistic standard we're trying to stick to today. Mm-hmm. They've all got C cup boobs. They're all like between like a seven and ten on the hotness scale. If you're looking at a uniform group of, again, heavy air quotes, you know, uh, American beauty standard model types, your brain actually does have tools for that because. Mm-hmm. You know, in modern America, we're raised on it. That's the right. First commercial we see, or whatever. Yeah, that's you like, turn on yep. t- you Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition, or you turn yep. on any pornography. You've seen you've seen naked people like this before. So when you see that, you're comfortable. And that's not what Ari Aster's trying to do here. Shows you regular people. Yeah, and and naked. then you and then you have to sit with the fact that why are normal why are normal people naked? Why is that messing with me? Why is yeah, this it's a weird thing? Yeah, it's one of the the end of this movie destabilizes you immensely, well, and it's earned thing, that. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Well, thing with the whole nakedness thing is because everyone is different. All of our all of our bodies are different, and right. things are in different places, and 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 that's I think the one thing that was not shocking, but kind of is like when you realize looking over this this cast of women with their naturally naked bodies is that they are all different, and they are all human i don't know this not that supermodels aren't but it's yeah it's such a weird thing i can't wrap my brain around it yeah it's yeah yeah you can't that's the thing you can't wrap your brain around it you know and then you have to sit with why that is and that's that's one of the cool destabilizing things that happens in the end of this movie um this is where we we've already gotten the breath Mm -hmm. this is where we're going to see ari aster really we got a little bit of it with in hereditary mm-hmm. we've got the ho-has here but he we've talked about how he loves breath because breath is a sound that ties you to your body and when you're tied into your bo- tying yourself into your body is a huge part of allowing yourself to get out of your body this is an occult technique as well breathing is huge um since the last time we talked about midsummer i've started doing daily breathing exercises i do the wim hof breathing i need to be doing you sent me that link and i just haven't yet need to dude it's probably pretty- what it got me through wine club a little more <laughs> well hey man now you've got the tool it sure. uh it's been helping me a ton like there's there's something about doing the breathing and then you sit with no air in your lungs for like over two minutes and it you're you get calm you get calm in a strange way when you don't breathe for that long but um yeah so we we see him start to fuck and we're getting it's i love the it's impossible to do with one voice or even two you have to just kind of watch the movie but all of the women that are ranged in this like sort of semicircle around him and the girl who fed him her pubes, um, are they start to like make like cooing dove sounds almost? It's like ha ah, ah, ha ah. ha It's like that gentle, like a gentle moan of happiness and pleasure to like set the mood. This is mood music. They're playing mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye for him because they don't have 
I mean, although we do, they, we know they have. Like a, I feel, baby. They they've got TV because they were watching Austin Powers earlier. That's right. So we know, but they don't they don't have a record player, so they're throwing on some Marvin Gaye, but live. And rather than making music, they're Let's get this on. is almost music, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when I listened to the Hereditary soundtrack that I found on Spotify, I was kind of bummed that the, the just audio clips. You know how sometimes they'll put in like movie dialogue. Oh yeah, absolutely. I wanted just audio clips of that scene. And the scene with the the women comforting Danny down. I wanted those as tracks to just listen to that grow and develop. It's amazing. It's it is the high watermark of performance for this movie because it it almost feels like you go from watching like a a horror movie like a Green Inferno or like a Wicker mm. Man is probably the better one. You're wa- you're watching something like that, and then all of a sudden it feels like you're watching like like. Imago or like that was a live theater group in the in Michigan in the like 90s that's probably a bad example but it feels like you're watching like Cirque du Soleil or or like an off-Broadway show or you're watching some experimental black box thing in like a really out there liberal arts college it it's it is art house to the extreme and it is it is carefully measured and controlled performances at their absolute finest because you need to have an ensemble cast with such a distinct sense of each other and the way that you breathe and make sounds and and your bodies and how you move the only way that you do this is you just form a pod that actually is that you know like you feel like these women fall into a real true and honest trance state as you're watching that's how it want that's how it looks that's how it reads it's amazing i yeah, it's it gets very real. I, I agree with you totally. I think there's there's a. I think we talked about this in the first episode. There's a there a blurred line between performance and actual. These women actually getting into like a fugue state, or not a fugue state necessarily, it's but kind like of fugue-y, a fugue. But like a it, like a it's. It's like they're all like one writhing mass of serpents listening to a snake song that we can't hear. Yeah, you know it's crazy. They they. They weave in time with each other. They breathe in time with each other. They're the pitches of their wailing voices interact and harmonize. But it's mm. but it is a wail. It's not a bunch of musical theater kids pretending to wail. No, and, it's and, not. You know, it's not like and well, now they're, they're we, not doing the wailing exercise. They are actually fucking wailing with together. Yeah, yeah, and and all through that, all through the. If you just think about the nuts and bolts, we're talking about craft. If you think just about the nuts yeah. and bolts, you have to control your body and your breathing. And your pitch and you need to Feed as a group off a single Actress that's hard Everyone has to react In the same way just Based off of performative cues From an external person And over the course of the scene you're going To draw that person into your Group and make them part of it Just should be a warm up exercise Actually I I think it's I think it's too difficult for a warm up exercise is what I think. Like, can you imagine doing this with the the theater? I, I love obviously I love all my theater families that I've been in shows with, but can you imagine like a group that big like actually pulling? I this think off? they would maybe never come back to another rehearsal. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like I don't know. It was weird. I felt this like I was weird. Carl for a second, but like, so we talked about that. There, that's all your nuts and bolts. That's just mm-hmm. the physical performative elements, and now. Now you have to inject a performance into that too. Damn. Like what in the fuck? It's so good. So good. I still stand I we said this ages ago. I've seen it five times. I haven't watched it in about probably almost two months now. It's been two months for me, yeah. Um, I still stand by that. I still think 
even having not seen this for several months and seen some pretty banging movies between then, I still think this is the best film I've ever seen. I still oh, do. It's, it's fucking... It's just, like, seamless. It's, like, this seamless, beautiful... It's, like, a magic trick, dude. I'm, I, yeah, there. We've both been getting into magic like a shitload lately. It's hard, man. It's like, oh, is this your ace? Where have... Oh, it's over here now. It's like Whoa. it's like if you're doing if if you're watching someone do ambitious card and you're like, wow, that card just keeps coming up and coming up and coming up. And then there is there's a point where they're doing ambitious card, right? And then you realize that their hands are empty and they haven't had any cards the whole time. Right, yeah. That's what this movie's like. You're like, wait, but I saw the ace. Well, I saw, you saw had, it. You had a whole deck of cards and you shuffled it. You gave it to me to cut. I shuffled it. I, I cut it. it. I handed it back to you. I I watched your I saw your pinky break. I saw you I catch was, a pinky I was break. Burning, I was burning your hands like crazy. You flashed at one point. Yeah, I, I saw you flash. I man, you flashed that eight. Like, take your clothes off. And then you realize that not only are there no cards in their hand, they're naked too. Oh, it's actually, I was going to say that you're in the room by yourself. Yeah, there's no one there. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, no. Like, oh, that's oh. that's the experience of this movie. It's it's impeccable. So then Danny sees that, the fucking happen. She's, you know, she's hearing the, oh, ha, ha, oh, ha, ha, ha. They get into a kind of a, a like, a cool, repetitive, like, fuck loop where they're making, like, a series of, like, ha, 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 ha. But they're all making it together. And Danny like sees that building, and it's basically like seeing the like the the van in the corner of the parking lot shaking yep. back and forth. And she's like, "What's going oh, on in the man. shaking fuck van?" And they're like, "You don't want to, don't you don't want to see, see that? You don't want to, you don't see that? Maybe don't, maybe don't take a peek at that, huh?" So she goes and looks, and it's Christian just <laughs> boning down. Can you imagine? Put yourself in her shoes for a second. You pop that door open, and like Danielle's in a room full of people just going like. It'd be just dudes. naked yeah, dicks everywhere. Just a bunch of dicks, and they're all going like, uh, 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 at her, you know? And she... I'm like this. <laughs> just the, the sh- just a slow clap for the sheer audacity just of the good on you, hockey. Like the the sheer level of of fuck that's yeah. happening here. I, you know what? I get it. You know, part of your heart's on the floor, but your brain is like, I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Can't take it from you. Listen, they're all they're all in unison. I don't even know how they're doing that. That's amazing. <laughs> That's impressive as fuck. Well, we're clearly done, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is over. But but keep in touch, because man, I I'd like to hear more about this at a, like some once time. I get some distance yeah. between this and <laughs> then we can sit down and talk about it. about how how wild this is. So uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go listen to the Cure now for a couple of hours. Yeah, no shit. So Danny goes and basically goes and listens to the Cure by having a total. I'm gonna go play the. You know, play the find the railroad spike in the grocery bag game. <laughs> oh, I drowned myself like a bag of kittens. Uh, so Danny goes and she has a breakdown, full on. But her little like coterie of women kind of follows her, and they're they're trying to soothe her at first, which I love. She's like ah, doing her weird like whooping cough cry. She's amazing. This actress mm-hmm. is amazing. And then the women are all like. They're making like the hushing sounds, the cooing, like, oh, it's okay. But then Danny gets up, and they all, as she gets up, they like up with her. You know, they they kind of are like 
pulled as though there's a mm-hmm. thread from their stern. I was going to say tethered. Like, yes. Yeah. That's the feeling. It's like she drags them up when she stands and they all like up with her. And then she like staggers to the middle of the room and collapses and they form this like huddle around her. And the one woman's got her face in her hands and she's looking at her and she's like, shoo, 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 shoo. And Danny's like, ah. And then the over the course of a couple of maybe it's not fast. It's That's nice bad. and subtle. It's like 10, 15 seconds. Every breath, she's like, try to breathe. And Danny can't match her breath. It's not happening. So the women start to key in to Danny's to emotions. Yeah. And then they are, uh, and they start wailing with her. And then pretty soon the whole group is just letting out full deep inhale screaming exhale full deep inhale wailing exhale it's it's a she it, and it bleeds into the rest of the cult by the end of the movie yeah yeah the whole the whole cult i love how you start to see more of the hive nature of them as the film progresses it starts with yeah. there's some flautists there's some people chopping wood in a strange way they are teaching how to carve runes but by the end you realize they're all just one thing Mm-hmm. They walk to the dinner table together. They sit down together. They stand up together. They are a hive. Yes. The individualism was that that ambitious card. The individualism yeah. was, oh, what's this over? Oh, Flash, check this out. And do you see this one? Let's put that in the middle of the deck. But really, that's not the point. It's like someone's doing ambitious card and behind you is a bandsaw and they're going to cut you in half. Right. That's the and, real trick. Penn and Teller behind you with a bandsaw. Really, this movie is like a Penn and Teller. <laughs> yeah, it's like Teller drowns in a tank, but it's, but you know, you think it's a card trick, but really it's Penn Teller's drowning in a tank. Yeah. You know, oh my God, it's amazing. So pretty much after after that point, we get to the the grand high. We, I, we already talked a little bit about the outro in the last one, so we can just yeah. gloss it, but... They put the they put Christian, who's been like you know he he got his he got his fuck on then he was completely immobilized and sewn into a bear pelt. Fucking love it. That's one of my favorite tropes in a movie. Which like this is, dude gets a drug or gets knocked out. Right. It's like when he discovers the blood eagle guy, he gets the dust in his face and right. he's out. Yeah. He closes his eyes. Way to beat. Way to beat. Way to beat. Our eyes open. We are Christian, and we have the person yes. saying, "Oh, there you are." Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. You can't move. It's like the it's the RoboCop thing. Fucking, oh yeah. Dude oh my god. Fucking blasted to shit, and then suddenly your eyes open, and you're like, and ear in visor. You're in. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 dude. Oh my god. That's that is a exactly. That's a great way to. I wonder. I, I mean, who doesn't like RoboCop? I mean, who's not a Paul Verhoeven fan, <laughs> yeah. for fuck's sake? But I love that, the, like, the, like, peeling open of our eyelid. You're right. Yep. That. Remember we walked through the gate with the travelers? He just walked. No, we didn't just get in line. Now we got into Christian's mind. Yep. And we are about to be executed. Or, no, um, uh, sacrificed, I suppose yep. you should say. We're about to be murdered. And we find out why no one gets to go in that building. Because they've been, like, packing it full of fucking, like, bundles of sticks and twigs and oh hay. Gosh, and so fucking great. And, yeah. and uh, Jesus Christ, Cr- man. Christian's, like, on that middle dais. I love his, like, like uh, just, like, the way that his eyes are. He's just, it's like fugu powder that they hit him with, you know? He's yeah. out. His is, honestly, he's probably in the best shape of anyone in that fucking room because no one else is. He's not going to feel shit. He's not going to care. 
What? He's barely conscious. There's just enough tick over to like right. And what did you th- realize what's going on? What do you think of the rest of the friend group, skinned and stuffed, and they're all I just dummies? Love it they, so they, much. They got little like so... they got twig arms and twig sticks, yep. and their bodies are stuffed with hay, and then they're like weird leather face face. It's their faces. It's their all the yeah. skin of their heads are stuffed with like. Like uh, it's like hay and and tinder and stuff. It's like falling the, out their the eye sockets and shit. Fire. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. It's a it's it really is. It really is. And then we see, we see my favorite, probably my favorite shot of the my favorite costume of the movie. Th- these are my favorite moments. Is when we see Danny, and she's sitting with that like the saddest of sad possible faces, and she's got that towering c- crown of flowers, and she's in that. I called it a flower mountain, and I, I mean that. It's not like yeah. a cape. It's not close to her body. It, it's so uh, – that that it's still – it's it, so uncanny valley for me that – I don't know if that really works because that's more of a CG looking like humans thing. But it kind of – it's the same sort of response that my brain gives where that is not – quite right I, I get i get what you're saying though because it's a it's a disembodied head surrounded by flowers and you have no body no limbs no it, you She's know more it's, like a weird caterpillar thing. yeah you know it's a human but yeah, it's, it, I, that is more disturbing to me than the dead friend's bodies stuffed with straw and kindle i agree like, i agree i i stand by this even now i i can see this image in my head as though when i close my eyes it's as though tromping i'm in front of the barn on fire yep. yell coughing yeah yep her 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 like cry coughing scream coughing as she and the word i use every time and i think it is the perfect word is lurching Lurching. In this giant funk, she's buried in flowers, lurching and like gagging, screaming, crying, coughing as all these people are burning alive in this in this room, and the entire or it's a building, and the entire cult is to her left. So her her boyfriend's to her right. Her the entire cult is to her left. The entire cult is wailing and crying because they've tuned in to the anguishes the the, the anguish of the dying. The people who are mm-hmm. screaming in this burning room, and she's and I think Danny brought that to them. Yeah, that that sort of she brought some of and her they're feeding off of some of her frantic energy too because mm-hmm. she's the May Queen. They're yep. she's think of it like that way. She's the May Queen bee, and they're the hive. They're they sit the, when she sits. They cry when she cries. They mm-hmm. and she's this like lur- like that like lurching like <coughs> like it's dude. And the way that it's shot, that that slow pan from left to right as she just struggles to cross this field and that building is burning and there's wailing people falling in and out of frame. It's it is twice as harrowing as anything in Saving Private Ryan. Oh my it is God. full on like battlefield. It's hell, dude. I don't know, man. When they drop that fucking the first time in that whole fucking okay, boat full of well, the Normandy son of a bitch the storm in Normandy the I, storm I in think Normandy. the most harrowing scene in any film ever okay all right in for any horror film this is for and me because that, that actually fucking happened too man we, I know that's why that's why you like, can't rough. but you can't, you can't use really, you can't, can't use historical yeah. stuff because of course it's going to be worse um speaking of if you guys like uh, history, Tom Hanks, Saving Private Ryan. There's a podcast called Hardcore History with Dan Carlin. It is exceptional. I've been totally obsessed with it. I've been binging it. 
uh, he does two other podcasts. One is called Common Sense. It's kind of his take on politics using his historical perspective. Very cool. And then there's Sick. another one called Hardcore History Addendum, which is like hour-long episodes of shit that he couldn't fit into the main Hardcore History. Those episodes are like five and six hours long. They're really long. So this is like the bonus material. And the latest Hardcore History Addendum, I think it's episode 12, is Dan Carlin interviewing Tom Hanks about his historical war movies and this new one that he made called Greyhound. So, listeners, Fucking if you like thing. history, hardcore history is, I swear to you, it's it'll pay you back. So, anyway, then then comes... So, that that moment is seared in my head. It's perfect. It's perfection. Ari Aster, and let me... Give me two seconds to flip back and get this dude's name. Because, yeah. because Ari Aster and Pavel Pog, Pogor... I'm going to get it right, bro. I'm on it. Pogorzelski. Pavel Pogorzelski. Pogorzelski, those two humans, and every actor, every set, this, that all came together to form this moment of her lurching in front of this fire, crying and screaming. And it, that is the, that moment for me is the, the moment of the, of the, the ritual where your brain goes blank. Boink. Yep. I went to full dial tone in that scene and was you, like, I don't. You click off. It's too much. It's, yep. it's too intense to look at that's yeah. how fucking awesome that single moment is i i, I love it I, I i there's nothing else to say about it that it's the pinnacle moment on film i've ever it's my pinnacle moment of film yeah if i could take those frames and put them on my wall so i could just look at that moment forever that's how fucking good that is and then we get the end of the movie which is she turns and she looks at the cult at the people wailing and screaming and losing their minds. And she turns and she sees the fire, which in itself is a sort of form of ritualized suicide. Mm -hmm. And she looks at the fire and that horrid frown sort of slowly softens and it becomes not just a smile. How how many times do you think they shot that? Because that smile... A thousand? I don't know, dude, because it's... Oh, that is such a... Piece of art. It's like I, again, I'll give it. I'll give it the nod. We've mentioned him a lot here because he's our high watermark for this type of acting. But that's another Daniel Day Lewis moment for me, man. Yeah, that's a Tom Hardy moment when you all you do is you give me that smile and I can and I'm in your mind. That is a performance and a fucking half. It's somewhere between like a Mona Lisa smile, genuine joy. Do you know what it is? Contentment. What is it? It's a Florence Pugh moment. Florence. It is. It is a Florence Pugh moment. That's absolutely what that is. She is yep. she is one of the best actors I've ever seen. Hands down, period, without question. Yeah, and without qualification. She's up there on the Mount Rushmore of fucking Absolutely. With, with them. Absolutely. absolutely. Totally. Um I when I I said it in part 1, I think that it's just as true now as it was then, but uh I think that in that smile what she sees is a group of people reacting to the world in the way that she thinks is an appropriate way to react to the world. No one else has... She is doing... At the beginning of the movie, we see her doing what they're doing now, that like, ah, that's just screaming as grief. It cut back to Hereditary when it's just... 
the the morning of like I just wanna die. Like it's, oh, so good. I know that's ama- that's one of the most amazing moments in that movie. But oh, I could keep going back to her like AA death <laughs> meeting, telling the story about her fucking. Oh my god, she's fucking wonderful too. I know. Yeah, right. Like we need to we need a really big Rushmore for the measuring flicks greatest oh, actresses and actors god, of all time. Seriously. But. But I, I love that when she turns around and she looks at these people, they're seeing they're seeing their family die. Remember, that's what's happening here because yep. these remember this is my family. I felt held by them. They're watching their family die, and they're they're screaming with all of with the most grief you've ever seen. And I think finally, sleep deprived, drugged, starving, gaslit. I think Danny finally looks at that group of shrieking humanity, ripping itself apart in its grief, and she goes, oh, I'm home. Yep. And that's the smile. That's the smile. It's That's why That's why when we first started talking, I think it was a text that I sent you when you said, so what do you think? I said, it felt like coming home. Yeah. It's because of Danny's smile at the end of this that makes you feel that way. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, I thought this was going to be a short one. It didn't end up being a short one. Nope. And I'm I am. It didn't. This, dude, I'm this movie deserves it. five hours worth of <laughs> digging in. We can't just have straw dogs at this level of yeah of, uh, deep dive. Right, right. All right, so that's it, listeners. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thanks for bearing with us. That is Midsummer. If you haven't seen it, if you think that you can hang, it's worth your time. I swear to God, it's worth your time. Watch this movie. Um, I don't have the patrons in front of me. I am sleep deprived and I hear the dogs, the dogs now barking downstairs. So, uh, patrons, thank you all so much for keeping the show going. We will shout all of you out next time for sure. If you're new to the show and you don't know about our Patreon, you can head on over to patreon.com slash quillinfilm, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. You can get shout-outs on the show, which we'll do next time. Yeah. Um, you can get full-length bonus episodes. There's going to be a lot more of those coming up. We, we announced recently on one of our shows that we're going to go uh, to a two-and-two two format where we do two main season and two Patreon every month. So half of the show will be there. Um, yeah, so head on over. If you like, if you have anything you want to say to us or whatever, measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com. I know I need coffee so bad. It's like, no, sick. I, know. I was going to say, if, if the $10 level, you get a dick full of go juice. <laughs> yeah, well, we should probably do that. Like a little Christmas special, all the patrons. Oh my God, make little ornaments. They're like dicks full of go juice. <laughs> We'll talk. We'll talk, we'll talk off, about it. Yeah, we'll talk off the air. I'll be like, thank you, patron. Um, apparently, our sending you dicks full of go juice in the mail. Most of you didn't appreciate that, but thanks for sticking around. We have one left, and it's Carl. (laughs) (laughs) No, even Carl left. It's no, uh, I left. I'm like that was. You know who should have stopped me? That was a bad idea. (laughs) So thank you, Brian Jackson, for sticking around. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we love you. We're getting out of here. Check out Midsummer. Watch our. Keep an eye on Ari Aster. He is doing some shit. Um, And stay tuned for our Thanksgiving special when Carl and I sit down to talk about one of the great uh, underappreciated John Hughes films, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Love (laughs) y'all. You'll get it, buddy. You'll get it.